Greetings, friends, family, loved ones. Welcome to Mind Tasting, a podcast that examines all the different flavors of the human experience. On this episode, the flavor is music. I sit down with my good friend, Eddie Booz, and we have a conversation. Um, We start with how music evolves from generation to generation. Um, and we talk about combining genres and covering music and punk music and musical comedy. And we just jump around and have a good time, have some fun on this conversation. So I hope you do enjoy. Thank you very much for listening. And here we go. What I found in music is the best innovators and the best musicians and and a lot of times it does happen in the younger generation also like a teenager there's this rebellious teenager vibe that happens with music just over and over again where that that generation kind of innovates and goes to the next level because they want to be different they want to take whatever they know and be, they don't want to just sound the same as the last generation. Right. Right. So I think with innovation there's, or with music, there's this innovation that happens where the next generation wants to take it to the next level. You know, let me ask you this. Do you now, like I, I, I totally acknowledge that. And I think that there's also a running theme here moving from generation to generation in like, okay, for music, because we're talking about music here, like, yeah. for, like, specific example here, I think it, it feels like most generations feel like the next generation's music sucks terribly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's because... Yeah. There's always a judgment on the next, like, oh, that's not real music. Because, dude, like... Our, right, I'll, that happened in the 60s, then it dude, happened in the 70s, I'll, and in the 80s. I'll be honest that, with you, like... That's I, not real music. I came from an era of... You know, of okay, so I grew up listening to classic rock, you know, and 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 all kinds of different music. But mm-hmm. when I really got into music, I was listening to hard rock, like, and this is in the era of like Nirvana, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, like, yeah, those types of bands, right? Yeah. So, and uh, and then you know, uh, punk rock, you know, uh, comes along, and I enjoy that, but it's in the same vein, it's hard rock and everything, and then like mainstream rock changed at, at a certain point and it became this very kind of like dancey rock type thing yeah. you know and then it transitioned into this more of a folky you know type rock type thing you know uh-huh. like the you know illuminaries and mumford and sons and stuff things like that you uh-huh. know and then back with the dancey stuff like kind of like the strokes and things like that you know what i'm saying yeah you know and like i want to be honest with you man like i feel like after you are engaged in a, in a certain type of music growing up for so long, when you hear like the next generation's attempt at like your at your yeah. genre, or here's what it is: it's when mainstream radio like changes. Yeah. What it what it was. It used playing. to be it used to be <laughs> underground for just the cool kids, and yeah. then mainstream takes over and makes it like I, yeah. generic and bland. Because trust my parents did not were they were not all about the punk rock. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. Like, my mom was listening to Hall and Oates. You know what I mean? Like, right. you know, my dad was listening to Credence and, and, you know, whatnot. But, I mean, this is, they were listening to all kinds of stuff. But, you know, given the benefit of the doubt, they're listening to all kinds of stuff. But, um, but you know, definitely when, like, Metallica came out, they weren't, like, the first to jump on it and go, oh, this is amazing. You know, let's, let's jump on this, you know? Yeah. 
you know, they were like, turn that shit down, you know? Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, no, you're right. Dude, with generation, you know, with each generation comes an attempt to be original. And you know what happens is, too, like, if you really pay attention, like, you get a lot of cycles. Well, yeah, that's what's interesting. It ends up being cyclical because... There are only so many ways. Like, you can either go up tempo or down tempo, right? There are, you can go up or down. So, like, it's almost like there's the cycle of, okay, it kind of gets dancey. And then, and yeah. then the popular music like doesn't want to be dancing anymore, so it slows down. Dude, and then they want to get dancey again, like 20 years later, you know, or 30 years. Like, there's this cyclical gap. Exactly. And, and just, okay, and you'll, you kind of see that. In I'm gonna use two examples of bands right now. Okay, so you kind of see that in like Rivals on Rival Sons, which I love. Rival Sons, I absolutely okay. love Rival Sons. And and Greta Van Fleet, I think is their name. Have you heard of them? I'm not. I, I kind of recognize okay. that, but I'm not so familiar. So both of them are they're new. They're newer modern rock bands, except yeah. they have a very vintage feel. They have a very right. Led Zeppelin-y yeah, type, yeah. you know, like the 60s are back, late 60s, <laughs> early 70s type yeah. of feel. For I heard, that type I heard of another, rock. I heard another is Led Zeppelin. I think it's, um, I forget actually, but it, anyway. it might come to me, but, but there's check another this out. band that's really, but you're right, like, you know, every but that's see, that's what everybody thinks. Everybody thinks like it's all it can only be cyclical. I will, I will, I will challenge that now, here and now, because check this out. There are original, there is possible to be original, you know, whether it's. Mixing genres or whatever it is, but even within a genre, like I'll give an, an, another example. Now, do you remember when System of a Down came out? I think it was like yes. 95, yeah. 96. That had to have been later because I was driving my truck at the time, so it had to have been 97 or 98 when okay. System of a Down came out I, with, I with, was... with Sugar, with their, fir with their yeah. first album, and Sugar okay. was on the radio. And I heard that for the first time and was blown away because it was not like... It was unlike any other metal I had ever heard. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The they, vocal performance is kind of interesting and different. Like, yeah, and like the, the rhythmic structures and patterns yeah. of what they were doing yeah. were far different from anything that I had previously heard on mainstream radio. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it came along and just blew people out of the water because of their originality. Right. You know, it wasn't because they were a powerhouse in their genre. It was because they were so original. Yeah. It was they were so original. And then bands try and do what they can to mimic those types of bands. Rage Against the Machine is another one that just has a sound that it just, when you try and mimic that sound, you're trying to be Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. System of a Down is a good same, same, very, very similar example. Now, check this out. There's like, and then that takes me to... Bands like Sublime, who were so influential that for 20 years after the original Sublime has 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 been over, there's been bands have still yeah, been forming and being the exact trying to be the very similar style, being very dub you know dubbish. They, they really created almost they almost created cre a genre. They almost yeah. created a genre from ska to like this. Dubbed they kind of mix punk rock and and yeah, you different know, right thing. and and reggae and ska yeah. and kind of had this and then it was just kind of this groove you know what I'm saying like yeah. and pop to be honest with you because a lot of his a lot of his vocal progressions uh, vocal um, melodies are very very pop centric dude they're yeah. super good they're catchy I yeah. mean why do you think people loved him so much I mean it was right. listenable to uh, in like in 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 incredible extent yeah now. Be, now, before we go any further, I want to show you something. So, um, I write music. You know that. I mean, yeah. uh, so I've actually, um, for those of you who don't know, 
uh, me and Kyle, um, I actually wrote the intro to this show. So when you hear the music that you know brings the show in, I actually did the music to that. So I write orchestral music for for film and television, um, and uh, and yeah. So uh, but I also write in all kinds of genres. I've released punk rock albums, hard rock albums, bluegrass, uh, you know, a hip hop album, yeah. Christmas stuff. And I want to show you guys a song right now, if that's okay. Could I show yeah. your so audience yeah, yeah. a song? Yeah, we were talking about it. we actually okay, were talking so, about it earlier. Well, well, I want to show you guys, uh, your your audience a song called "I Want to Fly." And this is from the hip-hop album from the group called At The Beach. It's just me and my buddy, Book. And it's just, and, uh, and I did, you know, all the, um, the, uh, you know, all the beats and the instrumentation and then sang the, the hooks. And then my buddy, Book, did the, you know, did the verses and stuff. And, um, you know, just wanted to give you guys an example of, like, how, uh, like, different genres can meld together and almost yeah. make a genre that kind of didn't exist in the past. Yeah. Almost like Sublime had, you know, Sublime had done. Yeah. So I'm going to show you guys a song called uh, I Want to Fly, and then uh, we'll, we'll uh, get right back to you. I'm in the battle of my life, but defenseless Taking a sniff, but the pressure is relentless My existence in hell seems endless Need an escape from the harsh times of reality My shitty salary enough to drive me insane Membrane, Cobain, reenactment Take a dive in the drug of real entrapment Somebody help me, cause I'm ready to die As an, as an example of why you know of yeah. of, of of some type of an original genre with with blending genres, blending pop right. and hip hop, hip hop and well, I mean, definitely, an, any element of rap is going to be more make a hip hop vibe to it. But then, and I think the tempo also was kind of a hip hop tempo, and the the beat, the drums. Then the instrumentation and the singing and a, a few of other things going on, like kind of above that, were more in a rock, alternative rock, pop, like kind of 
something yeah, else. Yeah, like how do you, uh, you know, how do you even describe well, that? Well, definitely, right? and I think that's kind of the evolution of music is like, especially now with Spotify and all these kids are able to get really exposed to a lot of different genres very early on. Sure. You know, like the name of the game now is mixing a bunch of different things and mixing different elements. And like, I mean, what was the biggest song this past year was Old Town Road. Right. The first time that like a hip hop country kind of very, at least the first time it was well done, got really big. You know what I mean? So like, and those are two genres you'd never really, but then even back in the eight, like once hip hop even started emerging, I'm going to get some emails. It was already, it was already going into like a mixture of rock and hip hop. I'm going to get some emails here for saying this, but I hated old town road <laughs> <laughs> and sure. And that's fine. And, and you can have that opinion, but Everybody without a doubt, it and without a it doubt, it was, like, this is it. it without a doubt. It, was huge oh and my God, all dude. over the place. He, bro, you have right? no idea so, how many people asked me to play that song. And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll learn that song. And I went and sat down and listened to it. And I was like, this song fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean, I think, I, anything like gets, like, I think anything can get overplayed. I actually enjoy it, like, but it, it, it got overplayed. I think it just sure. got built up too much for me. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, you know, it was like the movie Gladiator. Expectations, you know? man. Dude, the movie Gladiator was the same way. Everybody that just lead to disappointment. Dude, Gladiator is the best movie I've ever seen in fuck three lifetimes, bro. It was so good, dude. And <laughs> I went to the movies and saw it, and I was like, "Wow!" Like it was a good movie, but like, I mean, it wasn't all that, you know. I went and saw The Patriot the same week with Mel Gibson and Heath Ledger, and I liked The Patriot far better. Yeah. Well, that to me is just an expectations thing, man. Like, totally, dude. Like, honestly, I, I try not to get built up about it's, anything. It's completely connected. Like, there's got to be a direct correlation okay. between where your expectations are and how, like, let me good ask you, you feel something. afterwards. Has have you ever had an experience with something that met or exceeded high, super high expectations that you were like, "Ooh, I can't wait to do this," and then you did it, and it was like better than you expected it to be? What? Like anything you have any can you think of anything? Yeah, I mean that and that the, those are the best those are the best moments because it was good and you even had yeah, so that's when it really really is a great experience. For me that was the Force Awakens actually. There the was movie. a lot of build up cuz Star Wars was finally coming back, you right. know, since the at least since the prequel. Okay. So since early 2000 like first time in however long it was, 20 years. And it was definitely built like I was thinking about that. I had that marked in my calendar like months before, and I really had a great movie going experience. Like it hit emotionally all the places I wanted to. It was so similar. Like after people broke it down, you could tell like, J. J. oh, it's Abrams actually really did that similar. JJ yeah. Abrams directed that. It was like well, yeah, the that's same why I'm hitting all the right spots. Yeah, yeah. And it was like very, the plot was very similar to A New Hope. You know, like they kind of use that as a structure. You know, three characters and then sure. just kind of like, you know, this looking for a droid for information. Like the, the whole plot was the same, but but they did it differently enough and they did, you know, introduce some new characters and it was just a really great experience. Another thing too for that experience for me was that it was one of those midnight, you know, as a bunch of fans right. and like everyone like is the night before opening night and night just thing. the vibe was just like, it was there, dude. There was like some great energy in the room. So 
that's cool. that was a moment for me. And I, I'm sure I could think of a bunch of other ones that just like I was really looking forward to. I was really looking forward to Inception, for example, when that came out. That was sure. a few years back, obviously. Yeah, and but you know that 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 applies with all kinds of stuff, not just movies, too. You know, like. All kinds of different things. Yeah, But, yeah. you know, st- saying, you know, going back to music here for a second, I, I just, I was just interested. You have to get off topic, but. Yeah. Um, going back to music here for a second. So what do you think about, like, like cover songs and how people, like, w- you know, work with cover tunes? Yeah, well, I think that's another way that people can kind of innovate and innovate in just that specific way of changing the genre, right? It's like, we're going to use the same lyrics, we're going to use the same, maybe like the basic chord progression, but just changing up the vibe. And I don't know, for me, there's some mixture of the familiarity of the song mixed in with a new genre or new, you know, take to it that interests me. I, I found that for me, I do like some familiarity when I'm exploring music. Like I don't, a lot of my listening is, I'd say more than half of my listening is stuff that I've already heard before. I don't necessarily explore new music as much as I do listen to stuff I already know. So I think that's just for me, that's why I'm fascinated by covers a lot of times. And like, I'll go into YouTube and just like listen to covers for an hour because like sometimes I just like, seeing someone's take on a song that I already know and I'm familiar with. Yeah, I like a couple cover artists actually on YouTube actually give a couple shouts out to some uh, really good cover artists here. Um one I really like a lot his name is Josh Turner. This mm-hmm. kid is good, man. I mean, he plays really well. All all kinds of instruments, sings. Uh he's fairly young. Um he uh, him and his buddy Carson uh, make up a duo called The Other Favorites. They're excellent. And they do a ton. They do tons of covers on YouTube. Check them out. Um, and they do it kind of. They do a lot of covers, kind of in their genre. Actually, I'd be honest with you. But um, there's one guy who it, it, his channel is called Frog Leap Studios, uh-huh. and his name is I. I don't know how to. I'm not. I don't have it in front of me, but Leo Moracioli Mor- Mor- or Moracioli or something like that. Uh-huh. And he does metal covers of yeah. songs, and he did a great metal cover of Africa from Toto. Yeah, that yeah. is that, you know super super popular on YouTube as you know millions of views. Um, but uh, okay, so postmodern jukebox. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. Is postmodern jukebox and scary pockets also do yeah. great funk covers, funk covers of really yeah. good songs. They're yeah. t- they're Killer man, I, I like Scary Pockets a lot. Um, so follow them, you guys. If you guys enjoy, you know, different types of covers and things like that, you know. And then there's, you know, like like niche things as well. You know, like I said, the Frog Leaf Studios guy does metal covers. You know, and yeah. I even do punk rock covers of like <clears throat> of like songs that aren't punk rock. Like I've done, yeah. You know, I've done a Toto song. I did Hold the Line. I did a Garth Brooks song. I do all kinds of genres, but I make it all punk rock. Yeah. You well, know? the one you were showing me earlier was. For a TV show, yeah. Uh, intro. What is it? So I'm gonna start a music. series for my YouTube channel, and I'm gonna do uh, punk rock versions of TV show theme songs. Yeah, theme songs. There we go. Yeah, and yeah. so uh, the the first one I did was Saved by the Bell. Yeah. So uh, which like you went in on? Yeah, like, you rocked it up, and it was like so super high energy and awesome. Right. Well, if uh, if again, you know, if it's all right, I you know, I'll, I'll show your listeners. When I wake up in the morning, 
song for Saved by the Bell, but punk rock. Hell yeah. That was awesome. I very much enjoyed that. It's just like Thanks, man. the it's... energy is just up by the end of it. Like I'm ready to like do a workout or something after that. Did you know did you notice how they had how that the, there was one part in the song like after the solo where they had like this harmony line where it was like a whoa yeah. it almost put the song in a different key. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, it yeah. gave it this different feel, this, like, dissonant feel. Yeah, like a little breakdown in the middle yes. of it. Yes, and then brought it back to, you know, yeah. In, yeah. In, into the next verse. But I hope you guys enjoyed that. Anyway, that was me doing the Saved by the Bell theme song. Um, I did all the instruments to that. And uh, the bass line, actually, I'm not a bass player. I'm a guitar player, and I'm actually, like, really proud of that bass line. That may yeah. be one of the best bass lines I've yeah. played. So well, it's nice to share with you guys. I wanted to talk a little bit about punk rock, because, like, or I guess just music in general of what what would you say what would you say are the musical elements because i feel like that baseline kind of heavy baseline and and that tempo is also very common for you know a punk rock kind of right metal like more vibe yeah then you know, there's like a norm normally a rhythm guitar yeah so i so uh, okay so i used a very very basic rock kind of you know, uh, outline for this. I use the yeah. drums. Uh, I uh, I used a, a a bass, and then guitars. I did three different guitar tracks actually. So okay. to make it you know to make it feel big. So I I did the actual guitar line, um, the actual uh, you know chords, the power chords. You know, and then I did I I I rang out. I used one guitar and I rang out the chords. And so at, like at the beginning of the you know. You know, uh, when I you know when I wake up in the morning, I yeah. like ring one of the chords out. Yeah, and then I, you know, when it gets to the next chord, I ring that chord out too. And then uh, you know, and then uh, so and then I I, I put a third uh, guitar track on there that had uh, octaves, which are like a higher pitched, you know, um, 
harmony um, chord to yeah. to the other chord that I was using. So it sounds like there's just this like. You know, it sounds big, you know, it sounds, yeah. you know, like there's, you know, three guitars on, you know, you know, in the song and, you know, it's, it's big, you know, I mean, you can't pick them all out. I mean, cause they're right in there with each other, you know, but, um, but I, I would say it's punk rock, man. I would say it's punk rock, I, you know, hard rock, punk rock, you know what I mean? Like, um, but yeah, I mean, like a lot of the bands that influenced me in that type of music are bands like No Effects and Lagwagon and Social Distortion and you know things like that you know bad religion you know and it, you can hear elements of like all that type of music like within like a lot of the work i do yeah you know what i mean yeah but and um, your vocal style as well that yeah exactly but yeah exactly but you know for this particular cover which i actually do other covers and other genres actually um yeah but for this particular cover like i i went uh, you know kind of out of my way to make sure that it was uh that it was pretty punk rock you know what i mean like i didn't want to um, you know, some of the songs that I do coming up here on some of the TV show theme songs are gonna have that, you know, really quick, you know, you know, you know, gonna have that kind of beat. But yeah. you know, that, you know, this one I felt because of the way that the song goes and the groove of the song, I felt that this was more almost. It's really almost like the. It's very similar to the original. It's just a lot harder rock. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it was already a, a pretty rockin' tune for its time in general. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we just added a little bit more guitar distortion and, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, punk rocked it up a little bit with some harmonies and, you know, some cool guitar work. And, yeah. You know, it was really fun, you know, and some cool drum fills and stuff. And, yeah. You know, so, but yeah. And, and uh, to go back to System of a Down, what I love Dude. about them is that they kind of have these elements that we we're just talking about with a hard rock, you know, the, the speed and the energy and the, all the intricacy and a, a lot going on with, and then they would intersperse the verses or different sections of the song that were just like a vocal or almost like a ballad, like a, all of a right. sudden, like these emotional like breaks that everything else is kind of not going as hard, you know. Right. And I think that's what really attracted to me um, to them when I was younger, because that was actually one of my first favorite bands, you know, quote unquote. When you have a favorite band, sure. System of a Down. So it's funny that you mentioned that you mentioned them, but um, but yeah, I would just love those breakdowns when everything's oh, yeah. super high energy and then all of a sudden and what was also really dope about System of a Down is um, you know, Surge and uh, I believe is Darian or or I forget his name, but the the fact that they have two vocalists, you know, two different vocal styles and just kind of hearing not only the tone of their voice, um, but also just the styling of their performance is different. You know, and so right. having two two voices in the same band and 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 very different styles, but complementing each other in that in that kind of unique way, you know. Right. You know, and they have a very unique way of pushing uh, of, of of pushing a, a, a dynamic, you know, of shifting dynamic. You know, when they're going from that hard rock into this, you know, that more chill breakdown stuff, you know what I mean? Like, and that's why, I mean, bands that, you know, that can do that, are, you know, are, that's, that's, that's excellent. I really enjoy, yeah. you know, a lot of people really enjoy that when a band's got that, you know, ability to have the dynamic shift, you know, during the mm -hmm. middle of a great song, you know, yeah. and not just carry this, you know, not just put it, you know, it, you know, on, you know, 
speed of 10 and go all the way through, you know, and, you and, know, and just we're pump actually, it up the rock, you know? Well, we're seeing that also now in hip-hop, I've noticed, where originally, like, some of the most OG hip-hop is the same beat, essentially, the entire song, the same eight bars the entire song, or um, we'll use that same eight bars, but have just a little bit different instrumentation or add a right. little bit something onto it versus now I've noticed a few of the, you know, more modern recent hip hop artists are doing kind of complete switch ups in the middle of their songs. I don't know if you've noticed this, but like, uh, you know, Kendrick Lamar definitely does this. Um, and I was just watching a video. My buddy Chris sent me this video, um, that was breaking down Duckworth, the Kendrick Lamar song on Damn. And it's three separate beats, essentially. You know, like, it's three completely different beats that are mixed together. Um, I've heard that on a few of Logic's songs. He's another one of my favorite rappers right now. And he'll switch just, like, in the middle of the song from one beat, and then it'll literally be a different beat. You know, so having those dynamic elements and having those changes definitely... Um, adds to the listening experience. Um, what I wanted to... I, I had this thought earlier when you were talking about System of a Down of just like, not only were they dynamic in their music, but also in the lyrics. So I wanted to ask you, like, what role do you think musicians have? Because you see this over and over where they really, in their lyrics, drive home a certain message that could be potentially political or have something to say about the current landscape, you know, of whatever might be going on culturally or politically. And so I think I, I find that to be very interesting that, you know, the musician's role in kind of um, sharing a certain narrative when it comes to their perspective on what's going on, right? And again, it goes back to what we were saying earlier, because they're normally the rebellious musicians and artists are normally going to be a little bit rebellious and outside of society a little bit and nonconformist. A lot of times the messages in the songs are very much in that vibe, you know, of like anti-society you know, against the man, you know, anti-government, um, and really pushing back against some of the more mainstream messaging that might be putting out, might be getting put out, you know, and that's what's also kind of interesting. There's, there's a, the music is one message and then the media and the news is going to be a different message. And like, it's almost entertainment and music's role to provide that alternative one because we're getting fed the same, like the media is going to feed us a, a more, you know, in line with what the government or like the establishment is going to want people to think, you know? So it's like music's job to like be that anti-establishment voice. Do you, you know, I mean, so... I think for years, you know, music and entertainment especially, I really think, you know, film got into that in in the last, yeah. you know, more than yeah. more recently than they had in the past, but I think traditionally music has absolutely played that role. Has absolutely played the role of the counterculture. And not, and not all of music, I think that that people look to music yeah, because they look fight. to the that's art. what resonates well, here's the thing know, too you know art, in yeah. times of in, in times of crisis you know in times of 
when uncertainty in times of turmoil, when people are not sure of what's going on, you know, what's, what's still, you know, what still goes on? They still listen to music. They yeah. still, you know, try and get their entertainment somehow and yeah. try and get feeling some, you know, feeling good some yeah. way. Helps music, you feel, helps you feel the feelings. Yeah. And it also can be a distraction as well. Help you so cope that, with the feelings. So in that time, know? in that time, what you're listening to, all the things that you're mentally and emotionally ingesting during this time, including the music you listen to, it has a message to it. Yeah. So when you're allowing this stuff to get in, you're allowing your your soul and your heart and you're shaping your mindset your everything you know, and your to perspective. be yes you're allowing it to be you see you are a receptacle and you're choosing what you put in you so when you go and get these messages whether it's the message of the counterculture where it's the message of the anti-establishment where it's the message of hey we just want to feel better yeah where it's the message of you know um whatever it is in this song now if you're listening to music that's all about you know hate and you know, violence and, you know, you know, things that are, you know, of, you know, of a lower emotion. Yeah. Then what do you think you're going to, you know, you're gonna feel right. think. you know, and so music is always, especially in times of hard times. Yeah. Music is always going to be something that people look to. And it always is in general. It always is always. And, you know, as a musician myself, like I always like, here's the thing. When I very first started playing music, I remember I started I was listening to hard rock and like, in, in like, um, I, in, I, I instinctively wanted to write lyrics that were not happy, that were right. kind of dark. Angry. And why? Or... Why? Is that just because every teenager is that age? No, I think I had some issues that back then that I didn't realize that I had at the yeah. time. And I was writing this dark stuff. And my dad, I can remember my dad very distinctly telling me, Many times throughout my teens, you know, like, hey, you should try writing stuff more. You should try writing more positive, more positive stuff, you know. And, yeah. uh, and I thought about it and, um, you know, I kept thinking to myself, like, well, what, I mean, what, what exactly am I going to write, you know? I mean, I don't know, you know. And Well, you can't fake your experience. If right. you're not happy in that moment, then it's going to be hard to write. Well, all of a sudden, happy you know. Songs. Yeah, well, all of a sudden, you know, I mean, you know, it's it starts coming down the road and I start writing about my experiences. That's exactly what I did. Yeah. You know, and they all they all, they all weren't fantastic, you know, uh, fe feeling songs, but as I grew, I realized that a lot and and I talked a lot about just experience, you know, but once I recorded my first acoustic album. The whole thing was about love. And yeah. I cannot tell you how good it felt to record something so positive. Yeah. To put a message out of like cultivating love and like positivity and like connection. Connection, man. Like always to be able to, you know, be the artist and know and be very acutely aware that like the people who listen to your music are going to relate to this in, a, in some, some way and feel it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So what, what's my message? What do I want to say? What do I want to put out there? You know, you know, and like we were saying, you know, people are, people always do look to music for a message, whether it's anti-establishment, yeah. whether it's, con whether it's agreeing with establishment, you know, whether it's, it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's, you know, a, a message of, you know, solidarity or a message of, you know, yeah, whatever. They, they're they're going to hear what you're saying as a musician, as an artist, and they're going to, 
you relate to it. They're gonna they're gonna ingest it, you know, and yeah. it's gonna affect them in a certain way, especially yeah. because it comes through music. Especially, yeah. why do you think? Like, I always like was kind of baffled at this. Like, a lot of the musical comedy that I saw when I was growing up, for some reason, like I was like I would separate the two. Like them, if, like them, if if it was good, whatever. But I would separate the two, like which means I would listen to the music on its own, and I would analyze the joke on its own. I would listen to the joke. Yeah. And I didn't find a lot of musical comedy as I was growing up to be super funny, but but a ton of people did, right? And I always that was always Wait, like a what, fascination to me. What do you mean by musical comedy? Like, so like like musicals on Broadway musicals or no, comedy so like, like Weird Al. Yeah, very like d- parody, d- like parody. Music. Not just parody, musical comedy like that. That includes people like standing up on a stage and playing songs like joke oh, songs too, like stand-up comedians that type that of are comedy, musicians, like or comedy songs like you know, like like Ray Stevens. Like I liked Ray Stevens growing up. When I was a kid, I liked Ray Stevens. Yeah, you know, and then you know what I'm saying. Like it just. It was, it, and then as I got older, I, I, it was kind of a phenomenon to me. Like, I, I was like, I just never understood how people, you know what I mean? Like, how a lot of the musical comedy to me, the, the comedy didn't really stand up, in my opinion. You know, the music might have been good and the song was pretty good, you know? And, but for some reason, what music is a vehicle. Right. Bro. Yeah. Music is a vehicle yeah. that you're psyched, that, that you, that you just, it's very hard to fully grasp how that works and how that helps really absorb a message if you listen yeah. to it with music, through music, through well, that vibrational frequency well, when you're connected energetically to this song, to these notes, to this harmony and this melody that's in this tune, that you're feeling it and you're digging this melody, you know, and you're getting, and it's catchy and it's getting stuck in your head and then all of a sudden you're laughing because... Whatever. You're building yeah. an emotional connection with the, the with the tune. That's exactly right. What you just said, emotional connection. It's what we were talking about on the last podcast. It's the emotion that drives, uh, that's the driver of everything. It's emotion that allows your subconscious to feel it, for it to go into the deepest parts of yourself. It's emotion that is really the driver. And so I think the power of music comes because it hits that emotional part of you. Right, And exactly. so then you can receive the message in deeper levels of your subconscious. Of course. Because you're, because you have an, you're, you're developing an emotional connection or an emotional relationship with the feeling that's, that's going into your body. Now, a lot of people will develop an emotional connection and relationship with a song and not even be aware of what's the words, the actual right, lyrics right. that yeah, are being yeah. said. Yeah. But they're subconsciously letting that seep into themselves, ingesting yeah. that message. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's and it's very important. And that goes back to, like you said, the emotional, you know, the emotional connection, you know, that is, uh, what what did you say it was? The, like the driver. The driver. For... You said the emotional connection yeah. was the driver, you know, you know, and you, but you got to remember, you know, like what is, what is the emotion? The emotion is the end result of an experience, which means your thoughts, your thoughts, your conscious thoughts, meaning consciously overriding your negative thoughts or, 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 or these thoughts in any time is what gets to that emotional driver and puts the, and, and puts it in gear. 
Yeah. You have to, it's got to be it's got to be intentional and it's got to be focused. You have to think your way into a you have to think your way into a more positive situation. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And really to be honest with you like that includes being very aware being very aware of what you mentally and emotionally ingest. So if you're listening to music and you're developing an emotional connection with it, be very uh, be very aware and open to what those lyrics are saying because if you don't not paying attention, you could be filling yourself with something that's that's not aligned with who you are or your or your higher self. All right, guys, I'm actually going to end the episode there. That wasn't the end of our conversation, but we start going in a little bit of a different direction. So I think I'm going to use that uh, for a later podcast episode. Um, but to just reiterate what Eddie was saying there, you know, it really does matter what um, media you consume and what you have in your earbuds. And so I do appreciate you giving your time and attention to this podcast. Um, I really do appreciate it. And I'm so grateful. If you are enjoying this, I would love to hear from you. Um, you can hit me up on Instagram or Twitter at Cairo Technics. Um, I would really love to get some feedback from you on what you're thinking about the podcast so far. So yeah, thank you very much. Have a wonderful day. Wishing you a wonderful life. Blessings, gratitude. Thank you.